Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Rank Up, an on-page SEO podcast where we talk about technical SEO, content optimization, search engine news, and much more. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Gary, and I'm joined by Rank Up's now very regular guest host, probably not really the guest part of the guest host anymore, Olivia Mayfern. How are you, Liv? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me back. That is all right. It is always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, and we are joined uh, for the third episode now, uh, after he joined us first last year for uh, a double header in episodes 11 and 12. Uh, we're joined by Kevin Capezzi. Uh, so, Kevin, welcome back. Uh, a new record for one of our guests in number of episodes. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. And thanks so much for having me back again. Uh, it, is, it is always a pleasure. And um, I know that a, a lot has changed since we last had you on the podcast. Uh, and that's one of the one of the big reasons for having you back on to hear about how things have been going over the last year. Um, and we'll we'll kind of start there. So you uh, you are now a freelance SEO specialist to give you your your sort of title. But when you were last with us, you were working in house in SEO uh, at Experian. Um, so so what has changed for you in the last twelve months? How how have you got to where you are now? Yeah, so a lot has changed in 12 months, I guess, for a lot of people, uh, me me in particular. So, yeah, a year ago, I was working at Experian as in-house SEO specialist. I was really enjoying the role. Um, however, I've always been dabbling in, in freelance projects on the side um, here and there. Um, and with lockdown, I think things escalated a bit because I had more free time. I wasn't, I wasn't traveling as much. So um, I was doing more freelance work. Uh, and then started up Growth Hack, which is um, basically myself and Leo, who is a paid media specialist, and we work together uh, a lot of the times on on projects. Um, yeah. And yeah, we've been doing that now, and uh, we're both full time uh, doing that. And essentially, just us working together. We used to work together uh, when we were agency side at Hallam, yeah. uh, which is another agency based in Nottingham, and we really enjoyed working with each other. Really like how how you know each other works and uh, i haven't worked with uh, a better paid specialist so it's it's, uh, it's like a dream yeah. a, a dream team uh us, us working together again yeah that's awesome and um did you see as well during the pandemic do you think there was a kind of a demand increase from from the sorts of businesses that you might be looking to work with freelance that that maybe helped you along the journey as well oh yeah absolutely i think um one big benefit of of you know everyone being locked indoors is like businesses were now thinking about digital yeah. as as you know the major channel uh whereas before sometimes it might have been in the background you know it, it was top priority for probably every, every single business out there so um yeah it, it was it was a good time in terms of uh, us wanting to do that at the yeah. same time as that happening that's awesome. Well, we want to hear a lot more about uh, that journey and what it's like for you now uh, in today's episode. So the main, the main kind of topic we wanted to have you on to talk about is, is really kind of working solo in SEO, whether that's uh, like you are kind of as, as the main SEO freelancer on certain projects, uh, whether that's being the, the lead or the only SEO kind of in-house, uh, or even on an, in an agency setting, kind of working on your own uh, on an account. Um, so we thought your kind of experience going from in-house to freelance would be a really good lead into that. Um, and to get us started, uh, I know Liv had uh, had a few questions she wanted to uh, to ask to kind of get a bit more of the context for for what you're doing now. So over to you, Liv. 
Thanks, Ben. So for anyone unfamiliar with what being a freelance SEO entails, could you give us some insight into your day-to-day role and how this might differ from working in-house or agency side? Yeah, so it is very different in terms of uh, you are in control of um, everything pretty much. So um, developing new relationships with potential clients um, down to, you know, the delivery as well as um, invoicing clients and, and, and collecting the payment for, for your services, which is, which is the, you know, the most important bit probably um, because, you know, you are on your own essentially. You don't have a, a big company that, that you can rely on that has systems already you know, tried and tested systems that, that have been in place for, for decades. You don't you don't really have that anymore. So you have to start, you know, those processes from scratch. Um, and you are self-reliant on, you know, what kind of work comes in, uh, which is good and, and bad in ways. So, you know, you can kind of pick and choose who you work with to a degree, uh, but sometimes you might want to work for a particular client because you need, you need, you need the, you know, the cash flow coming in. Um, uh, but, but you know, if if things are going really well, you, you can kind of cherry pick and kind of say no a lot of the times if if you don't feel the client's right, which is which is a major benefit um, as opposed to being dictated. You know what kind of work you can take on each month. That's really interesting. So, like, why did you decide to leave your in-house job and go freelance full time? Yeah, so at Experian, you know, it's a great company. Um, I, I would say the best job I've probably had in my whole life, uh, you know, be- best employer I've, I've had. Um, so in, in terms of being an employee, you probably can't pick a, a better company uh, in, in Nottingham anyway. Um, but, you know, I, I would say I wasn't enjoying my work uh, as, as best as I can because uh, working in a big corporate company, you don't feel the impact as much from what you are doing and um, it's much slower paced of course B2B naturally is, is slower paced but you know working in a, in a bigger company your your input takes a bit longer to take hold um, you know as an example I was on a web project that that was I think maybe four years in the making and then I came in at, at the later you know two year bit of that project um, so yeah it t- things take a, a lot longer but working in, in the freelance sector, you know, you work a lot of the times with, with the smaller businesses and startups where your impact is felt immediately almost. Um, as an example, I've worked with one client only for about one and a half months and already, um, you know, he's seen a phenomenal growth uh, and, and you were only like, you know, a couple of months in, in the project. So that that to me makes me feel feel good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that's impactful. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, anyone that's worked on a like either agency side or in house who's worked on a web development project, I, I like can recognise, and I'm sure they relate to how sometimes they can get delayed. I know, well, four years. What you're saying with experience, that sounds like a lot as well. So more power to you for that. And it's really interesting to hear how, when it comes to you know working freelance, how you can just see more of an impact with your work too. So on that note, what do you think you've enjoyed about freelancing so far? I've enjoyed the freedom aspect um, and I like variety uh, as a person. So, you know, if you do like to try different things, um, you know, it's it's a good place to be. You can kind of pretty much uh, customize how you work and what type of work you want to 
specialize in. Um, and also working with Leo again. So, um, you know, me and Leo are, are very good friends uh, as well as, you know, we, we work together and we're business partners now. So um, just, just having, you know, time with Leo and, and, and work with him is, is, is always good. Um, and yeah, doing the work that I, I enjoy the most. And, and uh, of course, the money aspect uh, is, is quite good. You know, you naturally earn a bit more money when, when you are freelancing because, you know, you are taking more responsibility for, for the work itself. You know, you are finding the work. You are a salesperson as well as a, a delivery uh, person. So, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely that financial aspect, which is, which is great as well. And on that note about being both the SEO and the salesperson in the role of a freelancer, how do you sell your skills as a freelance SEO? So we actually don't really sell our skills as such. Um, I think whenever you say sales, you know, you always have that feeling of oh, you have to go out there and do outbound or or be salesy. Uh, but we we actually get most of our leads from referrals or, or people we might have worked with before or, or clients sometimes re- refer us onto um, other potential clients we could work with. Um, we are notoriously bad at promoting ourselves. Um, I'll probably post maybe once once a month on LinkedIn, if that. But um, I think just naturally having a a web presence uh, is, is is good. You know, if, if people look look for you, you know, can can they find you? Uh, is is one question you need to answer, and and the second is, you know, do they know what you do? So I've got a Twitter profile, and you know, it's got all my information on there. Um, and sometimes I get uh, speaking requests. Just, just from people finding me on Twitter. Um, I don't know what they're typing in Twitter, but they seem to be finding me. So, um, yeah, just having a, a web presence. You don't have to always shout about what you're doing, but just, you know, being able to be be found, I think, is important. I, I'm interested to, to follow up on that a little bit, actually, going going slightly off script here. So, sorry about that. But um, I know you've, you've had some success through your blog, Um and also, I know you've got some some speaking opportunities coming up. Not to not to jump the gun too much with that. So, what kind of topics do you like to talk about, and kind of find find helpful to cover uh, in the situation that you're in now? Yeah, um, I really enjoy talking about e-commerce uh, issues, or you know, anything in e-commerce. I think is really exciting because it's such a fast-paced environment. There's always something happening in, in e-commerce. Um, so, I, I really enjoy that aspect uh, of SEO in particular. Um, so uh, I wrote a blog on Shopify SEO and internationalization because that's always been an issue with Shopify not, not quite being, being the complete solution. So um, it's always interesting to see the, the developments there. And that blog that I wrote, um, I've, I've rehashed it a couple of times, but, you know, it, it, it does generate some traffic, uh, yeah. organic, organic traffic, and I've got some leads from it. And um, probably I think I've converted, I think, one out of those leads, uh, a, a company based in Canada found us through through that blog post nice so so yeah it's, it's just crazy you know you you know you're based in the uk and you work with a canadian company so um yeah that that really helps um so yeah just being able to to talk about stuff that you're passionate about as well is, yeah. is great that's awesome and it, it shows that uh, obviously volume can be important but it's actually less about the volume and, and more about writing about topics that if, if you're using it to sort of generate interest and generate leads, kind of writing about topics that are actually going to appeal to the people you want to work with uh, rather than, you know, just uh, uh, just kind of writing about anything and everything that comes to mind. Um, so I think that's a, a nice encouragement for anybody looking at blogs um, that it can work if you sort of put a bit of thought into it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, I, and we've only got one blog post, so um, yeah. you know, think think about if we had like 10, 10 blog posts like that. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's definitely encouraging in that we need yeah. to write write more, and, and and I know I need to write more. So that's that's in my plans. Yeah. So watch this space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch this space. Um, cool. So I want to I want to change tack slightly um, in the in the conversation and. And move more generally to sort of talking about what it's like being the only SEO on a project in whatever situation that, that you might find yourself in. Uh, obviously, for you now, freelance, but even before that, when you were experienced in-house. Um, so, first of all, what what's good about being the one the one SEO? If you are the only one in the SEO team or the only person working freelance, so what, what benefits can come from? Yeah, there's numerous benefits. Um, of course, you know, I've talked about being in control. Um, I think uh, a number of times, just you having ownership of that project right from the start of that relationship. Um, a lot of the times when you are agency side or, or perhaps in-house, you might not be the owner of that particular project. So there might be a, a sponsor. Uh, there might be, you know, uh, someone in more of a leadership position who's, who's yeah. driving, driving that project and who doesn't quite understand SEO or doesn't really care for, yeah. <laughs> for that for that matter so um but you as as the project owner you know you can have seo front of mind you can make sure you know people are fully aware of, of what needs to happen in that project um mm. uh, like you know a, a common example is uh, a, a big company let's say migrating from from one site to another or, or maybe migrating from a uk to a com to have you know, take advantage of more of the international presence, you know, things like that. Um, there might be a way that you might do it from an SEO point of view, and there might be a branding way you might do it. So you can kind of take in consideration those things as well as the SEO and, and not yeah. just have SEO as the afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. How important is it to be, I guess, to be aware of those other concerns, I suppose, even if you're freelance, you're going to be working with, you're going to be working with stakeholders on the client side. Definitely, if you're in-house, you're going to have other people who are interested in what's going on in the project. So uh, how important is it when you're working solo to consider what other people might want and factor in their requirements alongside your own? And, and is that difficult to balance? Yeah, that's probably the most important bit, I think, because um, you will work with other people, even though you are kind of solo. You are working with in-house teams. You're working with marketing leaders. So uh, people with loads of experience in marketing who might have done SEO before and, and you're working with them. So you have to balance their opinions, of course, um, but you have to make sure your voice is heard as well uh, amongst those opinions, which is hard sometimes, yeah. uh, being on the outside coming in. So, yeah, there, there, there is a balance there. Um, so you need stakeholder management skills. Uh, at, at Experian, uh, you know, I, I was privy to some great stakeholder management. I mean, some people I work with are, are, are really brilliant, honestly, at, at dealing with senior stakeholders. So I learned, I learned quite a lot um, from, from some of my colleagues and some of my managers there because um, it can get quite political. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's a bit like politics. You know, you got to you got to play play the game a little bit in terms of understanding what people are saying and, and what mm. they want and, and how they want to be heard and take that into consideration, listen to them, make sure that they felt like they've been listened to. And then you also have to come in with, with your opinion of, of what you think is right uh, and, and try and say that in the best way possible. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I guess some of that just comes with learning, learning the sort of industries and the clients that you're working with. Right. Are, are, are there any other ways you said making yourself heard is important? Like what practically what what are the ways you can do to make sure that people are listening to you? Or does it come from the very start of the project, like kind of establishing that on the right foot from day one? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um I think um I'm naturally a, uh, yeah, I, I guess it depends really on, on your communication style. But um, yeah. for, for me, what works is I'm a very, um, I'm, I'm a good listener, I, I, I like to think. Yeah. So I think if you naturally listen to people well, they will take your opinion a bit more favorably if, if they felt that they've been listened to. So listen first and then speak second, maybe. Um, yeah maybe not always jump in and, and speak first. I think, well, that's my personal approach. Some people might have a different approach that, that, that works for them. Uh, but that's, that's the way I do it. I like to listen to people first, I like to understand their concerns. And then when I then speak, um, then embedding what they've said to me and, you know, and kind of echo that back to them. And then, and then they might take my opinion a bit better because they felt, oh, this is not really his ideas it's kind of my idea as well you know make make it feel like it's their idea i think is 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 the way yeah. um and yeah it's, it's always collaboration isn't it so yeah if, if if you if there's a feeling of both people working together i think it's always uh more natural and easier yeah i mean you you, you caveated that by saying it was your personal style but actually i yeah. think there's a lot that we could all sort of take from that i think even in in mine and lives kind of agency environment whatever sort of SEO team you're working in or, or wherever, I think you can learn a lot from hearing what matters to other people and then communicating back to them uh, with that same language, as, as you said, like learning the language of the politics as well, if you need to. Um, that sounds like really, really, really sound advice. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and just to come back to kind of working, working solo on these projects, um, I probably touched on a few of them already, but we, we've talked about the benefits. So what are the challenges uh, if, you're, if you're the main person responsible for SEO? The challenges. It is challenging. It, it's not easy. Um, I know there's people online saying, oh, yeah, so easy to make so much money freelance and all that. But it's, it's not. You know, the, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the truth of the matter. Otherwise, you know, every single person would not be employed and, and they'll be doing their own thing. Um, so yeah, you have to fill multiple roles. Um, you have to be disciplined. Um, so each month we, we've got an invoice day um, and yeah, we, we have to get our invoices out. We have to make sure they're right, make sure they're paid on time. If they're not paid on time, we have to follow <laughs> up. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of the, the work that no one likes doing, no one enjoys doing that, but it needs doing. So yeah. certain, certain admin tasks that, that are required that you, you'll need to do um, and you also have to be a salesperson in a way. You have to develop relationships. You have to speak with people all the time. You have to be open to working with other people, of course. Um, and you are reliant on, on yourself to bring in new work each month. So mm. if you know you want to make X amount over a year's period, you know, if, if you're behind, then you have to, of course, work harder to, to fill that gap. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, you don't have anybody to bounce ideas back and forth to. So if you are completely solo, you, you are going to have that challenge of, um, you know, it, it's just your opinion and your opinion might not be right 100% of the time. So it's good to have that soundboard. Um, yeah. So 
it's great working with Leo because uh, sometimes he's got his approach and I've got my approach. We're actually very different people. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, sometimes we, we, we don't agree with, with a certain approach with something. So it's just always good to just like hear that other, the other argument. And then it makes you think, oh, okay, yeah, maybe he's got a point there. Yeah. What do you do for SEO in that situation though? Like if it's, uh, say it's, if it's an SEO thing that um, you're not sure you can sort of take to Leo, what avenues are there for, I guess, sharpening your own knowledge, improving and kind of staying challenged within this industry? Yeah, um, I like reading blogs. Uh, I'm more of a blog post person uh, than a podcast yeah. person. So uh, on, on Twitter, you know, if you follow people in the SEO industry, I mean, there's so much knowledge, honestly, and all these different conversations that happen all the time. Uh, Aleda Solis is, is really great because she's got her newsletter that, yes. that goes out very frequently and um, I subscribe to that and it kind of summarizes what's hot in, in SEO and, and you know what's not you know what, yeah. what people are focused about or focused on and uh, she also has a Twitter space so basically it's like um, you know people people can voice their opinion um, it's like a mini huddle of, of all these different voices in, in SEO coming together yeah, and cool. to, talking about you know what, what's bothering them and, and what they're focused on what, what the challenges are so yeah yeah things like that i think twitter if you are an seo you have to be on twitter because that's where the conversations happen so yeah you have to yeah. be on there yeah that's a good tagline for twitter there is a get commission yeah. for that um <laughs> no I, I completely agree as well i think there's so many good email lists out there as well um elena solace is one i think most of impressions seo team subscribes to um i think it is like weekly or something isn't it and you you get yeah. loads of really good articles from that um so that's a that's a really great shout too um and i suppose along along similar lines of kind of being self-reliant in seo when you're like wearing all the hats in a project and uh doing a bit of that that admin stuff that you mentioned like you've got to focus on the business side for you especially freelancing doing your invoicing day but then you've also got your client com like your, your client comms um i suppose like trying to educate your clients and keep them informed as well as actually delivering all of the SEO work that's going to move the needle. Yeah. Um, what do you do to, uh, how do you balance all those things? How do you prioritize and make sure that you're doing enough of each thing? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm doing it correctly, to be honest, because, um, you know, when you are, I guess, agency side, you've got that buffer, you, you've got an account manager yeah. who, who kind of sorts out the comms and then you're kind of shielded and then you can just focus on the, on the delivery. Whereas you, when you know when you are freelancing, you don't have a shield. You don't have anybody else. It, it, it's you. So if there's an issue with with the clients uh, paying uh, payments or, or whatever, you know you have to deal with that. Um, and also if there's an issue with the website, you know you're dealing with that. So it's like two different issues that that you'd have to deal with yeah. that you normally wouldn't. So um, yeah, it can be challenging sometimes. Um, but I guess it comes back to having a good relationship with the client. So if you have a good relationship with the client, naturally, you know, that conversation is quite easy mm. um, to, to have a chat about any kind of issue that come, comes up. So, so, yeah, that's I guess that's how I deal with that at the minute. And, we, and we're very picky with who you work with. So, yeah, that, that works. What, what do you look for in the clients that you work with to make that easier for yourself? So from the start of the conversation, you can kind of gain an insight into how that work relationship might develop. Um, I think from the first request of you sending access to Google Search Console or Google Analytics, mm -hmm. you can kind of 
see their response time, um, see if they're able to fulfill that request quite quickly, or, or if it's going to take like weeks for them to give you access to, to basic um, analytics yeah. tools. You know, you can kind of gauge like how how responsive they are because you need a you need the client to be responsive uh, with SEO. So. Um, if, if 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 they are slow with that, then they'll be slow with everything else, pretty much. So yeah, yeah, um, that that's always a good uh, good indicator. And are there any other factors that that come into it in terms of, um, I suppose, the client's resource? Like you, you've already talked to Experian about how um, just kind of like how a single web project could take could take four years, and obviously in freelance, you probably don't have that length of time to prove yourself. To a client, so when it comes to looking for development resource to make sure things get implemented, or content resource to make sure that your recommendations get written, like is there kind of a baseline that, that you need when working solo as an SEO to to make sure that your recommendations actually lead to something and lead to some results? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It comes back to honesty. So. There's been times where, you know, I've, I've said, well, I can't really add much value here because you don't have all these other things in place. You know, you don't have a developer, you don't have content uh, resource in-house, um, yeah. and plus you don't have the budget to outsource it. So, so you know, if, if there aren't certain things in place, then then you can't add value. Um so yeah, there's there's absolutely projects where it's easier to do SEO. I mean, if they've got a, a development team if they've got a resource available to write content um i mean going back to that example earlier with that client who says you know they're really happy that's because i was honest with them from from the start and said you need to write a lot of content because you know you're a new website yeah. you know you need, to, you need to get on this you know, i need help from your team like your whole team needs to get involved um so they understood that from from the get-go so it was easy to get buy-in um because it came from the top and then you know you know fed fed to you know everyone in the organization so yeah, it's it's important to to be honest from from the start of of any project of of what's required. I think. Yeah, I think that that again sounds to me like good advice for to be honest anyone working with clients like agency side as well as freelance. Be, being honest and transparent from day one is only going to help you because I think we we've probably all seen when things are missold or expectations don't line up. Um, that's when I think you get problems in these relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And it's happened so many times. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, working in this kind of industry for any length of time, you will see it. Um, so it's good to learn as soon as you can. Um, and, and for you, I guess, speaking of setting the right expectations, um, how important do you see it to, for, for you to be a jack of all trades? Like, How important is it for you to be able to kind of do everything for your clients, especially when it comes to within SEO specifically? Um, or do you actually prefer to look for projects that suit your skills so that you're spending more time doing the things that you, you're more confident in or that you know you're good at? Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's a very good question, actually. So um, I like to have variety, as, as I said. So, you know, e-commerce is, is what I enjoy the most, maybe. But I do love B2B as well. You know, I love lead generation. I love, I love working with clients in that sector as well. Um, so I tend to gravitate towards that kind of SEO and uh, technical SEO element sometimes. Yeah. I love, I love going to data. Um, I'm not a big, a big data person, but you know, I do, I do love a spreadsheet sometimes, you know, get lost in it yeah. and <laughs> make, make things make sense and make it, make it all nice. Uh, so yeah, I, I do enjoy different aspects of SEO. 
and I tend to work on those projects more. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's important to work on stuff that you enjoy. So I, I try and work on those those kind of projects more. Um, I guess yeah, it depends on the person. I'd say. Yeah, I think if if projects come in that, uh, or you have the the opportunity to work with someone where you think you can sort of do do most of it, but maybe don't know, maybe there's say like a big link building or kind of a digital PR aspect to it that you think could be handy. Like, would you in those situations would you try and work with with partners, or would you prefer to more just kind of stick to stick to the kind of accounts where you know you can kind of make the difference yourself? Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So um, we do partner up with copywriters and people in PR. Mm. Uh, I don't specialize in PR and uh, I don't have any um, desire to, to specialize in PR because it's such, a, it's such a skill that needs dedication. It's such a profession that needs dedication. You know, you, you've got to be in it for, for the long haul. You know, you've Absolutely. got to be dedicated to that. So, you know, I can't, I can't sell that as a service. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the client just won't get a great service, you know? So, um, you know, with all the relationships that, that are required to, to do that job properly. So, um, I tend to try and find other specialists like development. You know, I, I'm not a developer. I can do certain things on yeah. websites, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to start building people's websites. Uh, it's just not a service that I would, I would sell. Yeah. Um, I would always refer that to, to a, a partner that we work with. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's that's how I'd, I'd approach things. Yeah. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense, and I think it comes down to that point of transparency and honesty that you've already mentioned, right? Like work on the whether it's through partnerships or or whether it's through you working completely kind of solo. I guess letting the client know what they what they can expect you to deliver and and what you can kind of bring in to make it a success. And if you don't think you can make it a success, then then walking away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think some people can do everything and, you know, all, all power to them. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, if you want quality, you know, you, you're going to have to go for a specialist. You know, if you want specialist UX, you know, you know, speak to somebody only specializing UX, I think. Um, and then you get you get the best for, for what you pay for, I think. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, no, very, very sensible, I think. Um, and final question from me before I kind of hand back to Liv for the last couple uh, I'm just interested to hear what kind of tools you prioritize. Like what, what do you find actually makes your life easier and, and kind of invest in now that it's all your money that you're playing with rather than kind of spending a company's budget? Yeah. Um, I think the honest answer is like, you know, what, what am I going to use on a day to day more often than not? So uh, SEM rush is, is a tool that I've, I've used throughout my career and um, I've used HRS before, but I just prefer same rush. I mean, they do the same thing, so I just, I just keep yeah. that. And then Screaming Frog, of course. I think those are the essentials. And then I'm also using a, a new tool called Phrase, which helps with yeah. content briefing. Uh, it's got like AI built into it, um, and it kind of helps you develop briefs a lot quicker. So, yeah, okay. so I'm using that, experimenting with that, and and I find it very useful. And then Trello for project management. Um, I'm discovering new tools you know, every, every week, pretty much, uh, mm. when I'm speaking to a UX guy, he, he uses something called Miro, like a Miro board. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Well, it rings uh, a bell, but I couldn't say I know anything specifically. Yeah. And then and it allows you to like create, um, like a wall of sticky notes, but virtually. So, uh, you know, I, I like that concept. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's just like Trello to be, to be fair, but you know, <laughs> I guess they sell it in a different way. 
but but yeah, I just find that concept really really cool. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, always discovering new tools. Yeah. Do you tend to just uh, try and trial things where you can and and see if it's actually going to make a difference before then? I suppose like investing for the long term. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah. With, with phrase, we want to trial first, tried it out. You know, because some of these tools say something, and then and then you figure out, oh, okay, maybe maybe it's not quite what the marketing material said. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it seemed to definitely enhance the way that I was working with clients uh, because you can collaborate with clients, you know, in in that tool itself, which um, avoids, you know, oh, do you have access to Google Docs and you know those kind of conversations. So yeah, um, so yeah I, I found that useful. And yeah, yeah, yeah I'm interested. Cool. Interesting in phrase, actually, because in my role as a content specialist, it's one that um, uh, you, you sort of mentioned before, and I've I kind of has has piqued my interest, as it were. So, just what, what is it that phrase does? Like, what do you use it for? Yes, I use it to do content uh, briefing and uh, research as well. So, if you are working with, with copywriters, as an example, you can research. The, the content brief you can you can develop the content brief and then you know you can send that out to the copywriter and the copywriter can actually write within that same space cool. so it's really good for collaboration it's really quick to to get something like mocked up really quickly let's say let's say if, if you're working on content that doesn't need in-depth research and you don't need to look at you know all the keywords and you know you know you just want to understand okay what are people searching for um what's the kind of format I want to have this content in, you know, customize that brief as you see fit, uh, and then get a copywriter in there as quickly as possible to understand what you want to write about. And, and they're, they're able to collaborate in that, or you can have the, the client write the content in, in that, um, knowing that there's an outline to, to follow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just find it very useful for that. I mean, there's probably other tools you could use, but yeah, just having everything in one place for that specific job, that one specific job, I think is, is useful. Awesome. Well, thank you for indulging my curiosity there. That was, that, that was more of a personal one, but hopefully still useful for, for people listening. Um, so I will now hand over to uh, Liv to keep us back on track. Thanks, Ben. So just wrapping up this interview now, for anybody that's listening and um, um, listening to your insights as a freelancer and thinking, you know what, this is actually something that I want to do and this interests me. What factors do you recommend they consider when weighing it up? So when weighing up, um, switching over to freelance? Yeah, I guess it comes back to, you know, how do you like to work? What do you enjoy the most? Is freelance for you? Um, I mean, you can answer those questions pretty quickly by just trying it out and um, seeing if you're enjoying doing doing a bit of freelance work you know are you happy managing your your own workload or or you know um would you prefer a company to, to manage all, all that for you uh, and those processes um you'd also have to consider pricing your work and pricing your projects so are you comfortable with um speaking to prospective clients and saying this is the price and and negotiating sometimes and uh, you know, are you comfortable with in those kind of conversations? Some people aren't, and that's why you know not everyone's uh, comfortable with sales. Um, and also, you know, look at I guess your current work situation. Are you allowed to do freelance projects within your contract? Just think about that. You know, you don't want to be um, taking too much risk, and it doesn't work out. 
so yeah just 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 consider that um and money i guess is, is a big factor for a lot of people and um and time of course as well you know do you have the time to do to do freelance uh, for for myself you know i didn't have any evenings uh, because i was you know doing freelance in the evenings and and working throughout the day uh, so just having the evenings back doing you know my full-time uh, freelance work now is is great but you know i had to have a, a transition period where where i was working you know sometimes all, all hours of the day so are you comfortable doing that if you want to transition into into being a freelancer um yeah just just consider those things um one guy that i followed on on twitter and he's really great uh, this guy called tom hurst um and he talks about pricing freelance projects and just general like really good freelance wisdom um to give you the confidence of like you know going out there and, and being the best freelancer you can be. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll definitely follow him uh, and other people who are successful at it because I'm, I'm probably not the best, but, you know, there's other people out there who, who have done it for, for decades and, and know what they're, what they're doing. Thanks for that. That's really interesting. So that wraps up the main section of questions now, Kevin. So last question for you. How can, you, how can people find you on social media and do you have anything else that you want to mention to our audience? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at KevK Digital and just you know look me up on LinkedIn, Kevin Capezzi. There's not a lot of Capezzi's out there, so K-A-P-E-Z-I. Um, and yeah, I'm also speaking uh, actually tomorrow. There's a conference uh, that I'm, uh, well, the, the 20th of September. I don't know when, when this particular podcast goes out, but um, there will be replay uh, available. So um, I'm going to be speaking at a conference um by White Spark uh, called uh, Local Search Summit. And yeah, I'll be there speaking about uh, three, the, the, the three elements that help you pivot your business within e-commerce. Um, so yeah, I'll be talking about that and hopefully see you there. Yeah, this will be uh, this will probably be a couple of weeks after, after it airs. But if there's a replay up, then um, if you send me the link, Kevin, when you got that replay, we'll make sure it goes in the in the blog post so for anyone listening to this now if you check the blog post that goes with the article uh we'll be able to include a link to that if that's available yeah yeah absolutely i mean there's going to be other people there i mean there's there's going to be you know like the big the big dogs in, in the seo industry <laughs> uh it's going to be like you know ran ran fishkin's going to be there and you know uh Alita solace is actually speaking there as well so it's going to be really insightful um to hear what all the different voices in seo are talking about yeah. um See, I'll, I'll definitely attend. I'm gonna gonna attend a few a few other talks as well. That's brilliant. It's uh, a great a great shout out for our audience. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the last thing from us is just to say thank you for coming on. Thanks for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to speak to you again soon and and see kind of where this has continued to go. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, and thanks for inviting me over again i felt i feel like you know it's, it's a nice uh, therapy session for me to, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's great it's great to just chat seo that's one of the reasons i love doing it because you know how many other times do you get to just sit down and talk about seo um, not many but, times because no, 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 no one really cares outside seo so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very true <laughs> and on that note <laughs> um, that will do it for this week's rank up podcast episode um, so we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks time again with more on page SEO content. 
uh, we'll continue to bring you a variety of voices from within the SEO industry uh, throughout the rest of the year. Uh, and in the meantime, we would really appreciate it as always if you could leave a review on your podcast app of choice because anything like that helps more people to find us. Um, and if you have any questions for us or if you're yourself interested in being a future guest on the podcast, uh, you can find both myself and Liv on Twitter as well. Uh, we're there at Ben J. Gary with two R's uh, and Liv is at SEO Livia May, uh, which is M-A-E. Uh, all of this information, it will be in the podcast description as well. Uh, and if you can't wait for the podcast for more digital marketing content, then check out impression.co.uk slash blog, uh, where you will find everything uh, everything that we're doing. Uh, watch this space also for the new Impression website, which will probably be launching at a similar kind of time to this episode. Um, and as always, we highly recommend checking out womentechseo.com slash speakers as well, uh, if you're looking for more people who are having these sorts of conversations. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Kevin and Liv, thank you for joining me. And uh, we'll all be back in a couple of weeks for your next installment of On Page Conversation. Bye, everyone. <laughs>